still moves. Oh, God still moves in the hearts of His people. God still moves. He does not softly we bow our heads heavenly father we're here this morning and lord as it's already been witnessed your spirit has been in the song service it's been in the hearts of the people lord as we've come and something that resurrection life that said oh it's time to gather in the house of god it's not just to fill time and space but it's where you meet your people, Lord. Father, as we're, as your spirit is going over the earth at this time, Lord, and as you look and you see the evil, the corruption, Lord, as it was in the days of Noah, Lord, where man has so corrupted themselves, as it was in the days of Sodom, but Lord, in the midst of all of that, we know there was a lot, Lord, but we know beyond that there was an Abraham. And Father, we believe there's a seed on the earth again today. Father, would you come by? Father, if we said anything or did anything that would grieve you, look through the blood this morning, Father. And I pray that you'd visit us, O oh God. I pray that your presence would come and fill us, O oh God. Father, if somebody needs a refilling, let it be this morning. It doesn't have to be at the next convention. But Lord, let it be. If somebody needs some instruction, if somebody needs some correction, somebody needs salvation. Somebody just needs to come to a place to know you. Oh God, you desire to make yourself known. Father, we're here this morning. I pray you'd go beyond the operation of this vessel that's speaking. But I pray the Holy Spirit would overtake it. I pray you'd go beyond the operation of our natural hearing. I pray, oh Father, you'd presence yourself. Father, we can't manufacture anything. But we just want to say we're here this morning. Would you come now? I want to remember as we're here, the Baker family, for Al Baker and for his children. Lord, at times like this, you can cause, Lord, a, a work, a softening of hearts. And Father, I pray that you'd work with them. I pray that you'd just be in that family and the different places they are. I pray you'd remember them. And now for us that are here, we give ourselves to you. Bless your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you to musicians. I'll invite you to take your Bibles and open to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. <clears throat> I woke up. I just felt it maybe going in and out of the hot air into the air conditioning and started to get a little tickle in my throat and and uh, anyway 
I'm here, and if I don't <clears throat> have the voice uh, and I just have to speak, you guys just say amen a little louder, okay? I halfway debated to call Brother Andrew and just say, you know, I don't know if you're ready for your evening service yet, but if you had to speak it in the morning. Anyway, so whatever I don't get to, I'm sure Brother Andrew will get to tonight. I want to just say I sure appreciate the brothers that are here, that we stand together, and uh, God bless them all. Joshua chapter 1, we'll read in verse 1. <clears throat> and it came to pass, at, no, now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, we just had a memorial service yesterday, and we spoke on the continuation of life and how God will, will move in, in, from generation to generation. But he makes a declaration. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And he says, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, into the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So it's not a disconnect from Moses. It is the fulfillment. It is the further part of what God started with Moses. Now is moving. And friends, we are moving. We're walking. We're, we're, we're every day, and we need to just see that. I have, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not, be, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. It's not good enough to say, God was with Brother Branham. That God that was with Brother Branham is with the people of God today. That pillar of fire is still in our midst today. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. <clears throat> I'll invite you to go over to Joshua chapter 3. Now, I'm, I'm going to just use these, and I'll come back to it a little later in the service. But in Joshua chapter 3, now, I want you just to notice the order of the Scripture. <clears throat> Not that 1 comes and 3 is next, but inserted between 1 and 3 is 2. And in chapter 2, there's a calling out of a Gentile bride. A woman that is typed in the Bible with us that we're typed with, which is Rahab. And she will not be remembered as the harlot. She'll be remembered as the wife of Salmon. I don't believe we're going to get over there and call her, oh, you're the harlot. Maybe that's a part of the testimony, but that is not her inheritance. And that's not our inheritance. Thank God for that. So Joshua chapter 3, we'll just jump right into verse 3. This is now when they, they moved towards the land. And, they, and, and he commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites, bearing it. God's order. 
and then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, the ark, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. Now he says, in other words, leave some space, watch the way the word is moving, and then you follow that. Okay, keep your eyes on that. It was no longer keep your eyes on Moses. Keep your eyes on the word. Look at the word. Look at how it's moving. Verse 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, I'm going to come back to some of this, but we all know redemption is in two parts. There is a coming out, but there is a going in. To just come out is not completing the work of redemption. And we are living in the season when God is finishing the work. He is completing the work. He is, he, listen, we, we, we had Brother Gift come and he, and he spoke a service. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is looking for a fulfillment. God's not just interested in having us look to Calvary, feel sorry for, for me, and, 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 and just repent and you'll be okay. No, he wants us to move into our inheritance. It's beyond just, uh, I sinned, I fell. I sinned, I, I fell. No, you can sin, you fail, you repent, but you start moving on. And that doesn't mean you'll never sin again, but you keep moving on because God has a place for us. It was the Wednesday night back in May or end of April, and it was an unusual day for me. On Tuesday night, we had a prayer meeting, and I began to be very burdened. And that burden carried over to the next day, and, and I just felt a heaviness, and I couldn't understand it. And it was just like a blackness. It was a heaviness. And through the day, and I just, I didn't even, I, I left off going to work. I just felt I was ministering that night, and I had to find the mind of the Lord, and I went for a walk, I was praying, I was listening to a tape, and then it occurred to me, I remembered a brother in Cloverdale, <coughs> Brother Henry, Henry Waldner had passed away, and they were having a funeral that day. And as they were having a funeral, I just thought I'd listen to it. And I debated to call Brother Harold, and I thought, because he knew Brother Henry, and Brother Henry knew him well, and, and I didn't call, and I just thought, well, I'll, I'll mention it to him later. And and, and it had been a gloomy kind of day. It was rainy. I was going for a walk. And, and then it just seemed like as I was listening, and it just started to lift a little bit, and the sun came out and things, and I, I, I came back, and I was at work for a while, and then I just preparing for the service, and the Lord started to drop some thoughts in my heart. And then at around 6 o'clock, Sister Leanne called me and told me Brother Harold had passed. Some of those thoughts I've never really come to. And maybe I'll, I'll just start going into it. But I, I, I just reflected on, on God and how he'd used Brother Harold and how many things have become a part of the fabric of my life and, 
and, and how God had used that and how God brings those things back to us. But I, I remember how many times he would speak on, on the, the exodus, the movement, how under Joshua or under Moses, the children of Israel came out and they came out under what was called a sign gift ministry. Moses had two signs. And, and how, Brother Branham, how he came out and how he had two signs. And he came out, and, and so as Moses came out, and there was a parallel, it was as Moses came out in the first exodus, so in the third exodus, we had a prophet that came that had two signs, and it was a coming out, but there had to be a going in. The work was not complete under Moses alone. And Moses, he brought the people out, but then Joshua picked that up and went on. Now, Brother Branham, he was typed as, as, as a Moses, and then he went into a Joshua, but actually Brother Branham fulfilled a part of the Joshua commission as well. It was in 1960, and he spoke the messages, as I was with Moses, so will I be, and how, and it was at that time how a finger came down, and he opened to the flyleaf's Bible to Joshua chapter 1. And so Joshua was a, a, a type for Brother Branham moving forward. And I think it was at the time he was going to bind that serpent. And, 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 and he was binding that serpent how you must be more sincere in order to do this. And in order to bind that serpent, he had to do that. And, and he was just in that vein. And, and, and then God had placed him. And he says, now you are two-thirds of the way on the journey. You've come to Jordan. Now, Brother Branham was walking in something. We are walking in something. We are not just listening, but we are walking in something. This morning, my title is Stepping into the Realities of God. Now, I, had, I had wanted to pick some of this up in going forward from Wednesday service, but just taking it differently, I just have to follow as God would lead me. And so if, if you're looking for the continuity from there, I'm, uh, I, I'll, I'll pick up little pieces of it. But. So redemption is in two parts. There, the second part is to possess the land. Now, go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll, we'll use some scriptures. We'll minister a little bit. Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> Now, in verse 7, this is, you, <coughs> in the first parts of this, you want to read, they're talking about Jesus and uh, the, high, the apostle and high priest who was faithful like Moses was, and uh, as Moses was faithful, so Christ was faithful. But he says in verse 7, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. As it was in the day, in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So everything that happened in the Old Testament was a type because spirits don't die. There was a coming out. I, I think many of us could, who've been around, and, I, and I'm saying us, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the middle-aged timers. I want to kind of call it the old timers, but it's, it's the middle-aged timers. It's us. If you're a part of that group, say yes. If you're not, don't. Okay, it's fine. 
Um, but we, we came out from something, and, and we recognized it was God by a mighty hand that brought us out. It wasn't what we looked for. It was God that brought us out. So as, as it was back then, God brought them out. And as he brought them out, <coughs> they became acquainted with the supernatural. And the supernatural in itself is not, uh, is, is not just the sign of God. It, it accompanies what God is doing. And, and, and it, it always will. It never, you'll never remove it from that. But the movement of God is also a movement of fulfilling Scripture, of fulfilling His purpose, of fulfilling His plan. Because He had told Abraham, I will bring out your seed with a mighty hand, and I, I will bring them into a land. I'll bring them back to this mount. So, so that was God's promise from the beginning. It wasn't just to bring them out, but it was to bring them in. And it's still God's way to bring us in. We're not just here separated. We've come out. We're not in denomination. We're not in Pentecost. We're not that way. But we can become a denomination. No, we've come back to where Ephesus fell from. We're coming back to our inheritance. We're coming to the manifestation of the sons of God. Now along the journey, it was a mixed multitude that followed under first and second pull. <coughs> I got to... I feel like i got to preach, and I feel like I don't have the voice for it, but bear with me. He says, harden not your hearts. A mixed multitude got used to the miracles, got used to, but they didn't catch the depth of what Moses was saying. And out of that, out of that attitude, there arose a Dathan and a Korah. Out of that arose a thing where we'll question the prophet. Spirits don't die. Those things have arisen again. But out of that, and it says now in verse 9, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. I, I really felt like I could take a, a good part of the service on, on the God that's desiring to be known. There, there was a, a quotation in, in the seals where Brother Branham would say, now he'd say, be careful. And I'm just paraphrasing it. He says, there is something coming forth from God. And if you're not listening, it'll pass right through you and you'll miss it. Now, I'm not saying that to put fear on somebody, but I'm just saying I, I, I believe there's a reality that we are moving into that has not been before. Friends, I, I, I will say, the, 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 and I appreciate the Spirit, and I've been saying to hearken to what the Spirit says, the, the Spirit of the song that Sister Angie sang, the Spirit, and, and I recognize something. There, there was a brother... I think it was Brother Barry Coffey was just sharing in his testimony. Brother Barry was, was a, a long-haired hippie that traveled in the, the East. He was a Catholic. He was rebellious. There's all kinds of things. I'm not telling bad stories on him, but, but this is who he was, and he'll tell you the same thing. You can r listen to his testimony. I think it's called Bound for Glory. You can find it somewhere. But he was sharing, and he was saying how he used to be a smoker. And he said he was smoking, and as he would smoke, he said that uh, he would try and give it up, time and time again. 
and he, and he couldn't give it up. He said he would throw a pack uh, of smokes into the cigarette, uh, or the cigarettes into the garbage, only to go back and retrieve them. He would, he would, he would actually go, and he says he got so low down, he stole his father's cigarettes, and the, his father called him a low down, good for nothing, such and such and such. And he said, and, and it got so bad that he even came to a place where, where he'd go down the street, and he'd find unused cigarette butts, and he'd pick them up and sort of clean them up and straighten them out and keep them in his pocket in case he needed some. Now, that's something you can't control. That's a spirit that's got a hold of you. And he said he tried time and time again, but he says, there came a time when God so dealt with him and, and, and about just accepting God and accepting Christ. And he said he went and he was baptized and it was winter and he was leaving and he was coming from the church. He was walking back home. And he said as he was walking back home, he's out of his park and he puts his hands in his coat and he felt something. And it was a bunch of cigarette butts. And he says, and he realized, oh, what's that doing? And he felt so filthy. Now, where did that feeling come from? Because he'd been under the blood. He'd come into something. And it wasn't just words anymore. It wasn't the works of man. It was the presence of the living God. And he said he felt that. And he thought, oh my, if somebody sees me. And he got to the nearest place and he disposed of them right away. And he, and he recognized it had no more effect on him. And he realized it wasn't what he did. It was what God did. And friends, if we could recognize, if we could come, not just into a, an atmosphere or a presence, but the reality of God. I, I was a young man, and I, I, I had heard all the books. I, I'd read books. I'd read A Prophet Visit South Africa. I knew these things. I heard tapes playing, reel-to-reel tapes for years. But when God dealt with me, and I didn't realize the grief, the agony that I was causing those around me, a grandmother who prayed, a mother who prayed, different ones. But when God dealt with me, I couldn't even come to the table and eat the food. My mom had this picture of, of just a, an, an old man, old woman, I think it was, with a bowl and just a piece of bread, and it was simple. And, and, and there was such a profound appreciation. God, you gave this to me. There, there was, friends... There, there was a reality that nobody explained to me. But it was real. And it's still real. And I would say, let, let this not be superficial. I'm not saying you got to go out and smoke. I, I, I'm not saying you got to go out and do these things. You can experience that reality. Being raised in a church, in this church. You can experience it, not just once, but many times over in your life. There's a reality where we're living right now. <clears throat> they have not known my ways. Paul said, that I may know him. This was his desire, that I may know him. Brother Branham said, uh, that I may walk so close till the least bit of grieving, I would be aware of it. And it's not that you uh, are trying to be spiritual, but it's when you walk with him. I'll tell you what, a lot of the world just becomes out there. You don't notice it anymore. And, and things that you would consume you all of a sudden, 
Oh, but it's God. Well, just allow me just to, to go. You know, it was the early church. They saw the disciples, and, and the Pharisees, the religious people, they saw the disciples, and, and, and these were unlearned, and though they didn't like where they came from, it didn't fit their prestige, they had to take notice of one thing, that they had been with Jesus. And I think that's a place that we need to strive for. That's a place that we need to find. And I would say, that's the revival that we really need. Before there's ever a church revival, there's got to be a home revival, a personal revival, where the Word is real. Where it's not mom and dad. Where it's not just status quo. But where it actually is the living, breathing God that moves through you. And you know he moves through you. And his words, uh, you know they're not just your words. They're his words flowing through you. And your prayers are heard. And you know that God hears them. I believe that's our place. I'm kind of not on my notes, but I'm <coughs> allowing the Spirit to just lead it. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. I don't know if we know the deceitfulness and the hardness of this age. And how, not just how it affects the world, but how it affects us. Friends, you have to work at this. The Bible says, let, that's, that's an amazing word, let God move in you. To get to a let, you have to fight to it sometimes. You have to give yourself to it. You can't manufacture it, but you get yourself in a place where all the encumbrances are gone, and now let him flow, and it's him that takes over. And, it, and that is the place to live. Oh, it's marvelous. It's a marvelous place to live. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And I, there, I, I would just say there's times, and I don't know if you feel it, but I, I have a great need to be in either listening to a, a word, whether it's a tape at home, whether it's hearing a brother, whether it's, it's even some, if somebody, God using, sticking his finger in my face and saying, you better shape up, I need it. I feel a great need for it. The hardness. Let me share something Brother Branham would say. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> the message is called Recognizing Your Day and Its Message. And if you ever know the story of this message, Brother Bram said all week he was fighting to try to get into the thought for the Sunday service, which was this message. And he said every time he did, something came in the way. Satan injected. He said, I got down to study and I felt tired. He called that Satan injecting it. We would get condemned. <laughs> we, or he says, I went out just to mow the lawn and somebody came by and needed prayer. That, this and this and this happened. And he says, and then even late last night, and, and then all of a sudden this morning, just about two hours before the service, God opened a scripture. And he preached this message. My, 
What a, what a gift of God. What a channel of God. But he says this in this message. He says, the Gentiles are called out. The bride is ready. The rapture is at hand. Can we realize that? Can we actually believe that? Is it a story that's been told? Is it a myth to us? Is it something that sounds real? Is it something that we outside can believe? Is it something that's in us, that's a part of us, that's more than life to us? What attitude do we set this morning in this tabernacle? Remember, it'll be a small flock that receives it. Now, I, I, don't, I, I really don't want this to be to condemn you. I want to just say... There is more happening around us than we actually are aware of. And there is more that God is wanting to do if we would let him to work. God works through the agency of man. That's not just the ministry, but he works through man. And when we say man, that's women too. And he's desiring sometimes he needs somebody to witness to somebody. Sometimes he needs somebody to send a text, an email. Sometimes to give an offering. Sometimes, but that's the way God moves. And then the prophet says, we can paralyze the program of God by our unbelief. God wanting to do something, but we paralyze it. Oh my, I, that, that, that just smites me sometimes. Now, this is in 1964, and, and I, you know, it was in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had fallen, and, and they, the voice of God was calling to them, but they were fearful, and they, they didn't want to come, and then, but the, the way the scripture's written, it says, and Adam heard the voice of God walking through the garden. So it was moving. So I'm, I'm bringing this as a, as a type. God is moving. This, this message is not stagnant. Our, our lives are not stagnant. But there's something God is moving or desiring to move. Now it was that way <coughs> for Brother Branham too. It wasn't a stagnant message. And, 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 and we all recognize the... the, the, the the message. It came to 1958 or 1956. He said it's America's last year. He crossed the land. It, it affected other ministries, and he says they turned it down. And then and you, you follow the message through, and you follow how God led him then to, to the church ages in 1960, and how he led him in 1962 to store up food. And then it came to a pivotal point in 1963, and you watch the way he was walking and talking. You know, it was a prophet walking in the revelation. It, it, it was a prophet always ascending. It was moving to a higher level. Now God knew he's an eternal, he's an infinite God. What he spoke in 1958 in Serpent Seed, he never took away from that. That was God that was opening it up to it. But you can open it up to, but you don't really catch the significance of it. It happened to me, myself. I was baptized, and I knew I had to get baptized. God was moving upon me, and I went and got baptized, but I never realized what a step that was. God kept making 
making that real. And so did he make real the necessity that once you're baptized, you don't stop there. You got to keep moving. You got to keep walking. Friends, that's where the devil has us so many times. Because we're just content. I, 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 I wish I can, can preach what's really on my heart this morning. But we can't stay where we're at. I can't stay where we're at. You can't stay. Our families, this church cannot stay where we're at. We've got to move forward. <coughs> Jump over to Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. We came out, but we got to go in. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So in other words, it wasn't good enough to say I'm under Moses, and you know, he's going to open the Red Sea, we'll just follow, we'll walk behind it. But when it came to Joshua, it wasn't just Joshua the visible man, but it was the order of the Word of God. It was look on, when Moses, it was look on my hands, and when his hands came down, they lost faith. But now, under this new order, it was look at the Word. Because there's a lot of things that are going to happen around it. Keep a distance. Look at it. You're going to need to watch it. You know, in 1964, it was such a pivotal year for Brother Branham. He, 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 63 was the opening of the seals. And he, and he would actually say this. The Bible has become a new book to me. Now, he read the Bible. He was with an angel. But something God did in a season, now it became to him a greater revelation than ever before. I, I, I have a problem when people take quotes above the scripture. They have to dovetail together. This message is the Bible. It'll help you keep your balance. I, I, I'm not here to offend anybody. And I'm not here just saying this because I'm a minister. Because I've sat under a ministry. And I know what has benefited me. But to some, the ministry is just something. Well, I guess it's got to be there. We, we need to do funerals. We need to do weddings. We need to do baptisms. Friends, if that's all it is. Listen, I, I, I want to speak, the Lord willing, we're going to come, come to September. And we're, we're going to need to take some steps at the church. And just how, how we're going to handle the office, the office of a pastor, but I want to speak on what you should expect from a pastor. I want to speak on, on what we should look for. And I'll tell you what, you don't look for a perfect man, but you look for the order of God, the scriptures of God. You look for those things. Brother Bradham came to 1964, and it's now the word is just opening in a greater way. And you hear him talk about you know, there's coming a squeeze. There's coming a persecution. You hear him talk these words. But in 1964, he begins and he starts by seeing a vision, the preview of the bride. 
and he sees a bride marching and, and he watches her and, and, and he notices certain characteristics about this bride. In other words, she, she was dressed with long skirts and, 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 and she had long hair and she did not have makeup and, and she had sleeves and, 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 and it was, and, and, and something in his heart made him feel good. Why? Because that was what the Spirit of God had led him to. But all of a sudden, he says, she was on the left, but then to the right, I saw the church coming into view, and there was a music, and there was a sound, and it was like rock and roll, and it was coming. And he says, and she was twisting, and, and looked like she wasn't wearing very much, and, 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 she, and, and he says, oh, my heart was grieved. Grieved. This wasn't just a, a prophet, just with intellectual. This was the fabric of his ministry. If the Holy Ghost is in you, friends, you can't stop and watch sin happen around us. There's a grieving. There's a calling from God. It's real. And he was grieved. And he says, so filthy looking. And he says, and then... There was a voice saying, this is the church. And friends, I don't know about you. I, I, sometimes he gives us a vision. I never saw the vision. But we actually are seeing it come to pass. What is called Christianity? What the church out there? Listen, I, I'm not going to mention names, but... Even gospel singing groups. That, and I would say, I'm thinking of one group in particular, had a standard and always there was something nicer. But, and they still do, but it's funny how things have slipped. The heels have become higher. There's more makeup. Friends, this is not a reflection of what we believe. They're, they're, they're holy people. But they're not. They're not the bride. I, I'm, not, I'm not making judgment here. But I'm just saying, associated with the bride is something that is deep and genuine. It's not a put on. I don't know if I'm going to get across what I need to get across today. I was thinking of Brother Branham, how he would talk and he had this vision years ago. And he talked about these He'd been lifted up to heaven, but he'd also had a vision where he went down to hell. And when he went down to hell, he saw these women, and he said, associate with these women was a mourning. Oh. And then on their faces was something green, and it was a mournful thing. And he says, oh, it, it just, Lord, I don't want to stay here. And that vision was many, many years back in the 50s. In 1963, he's going out with his wife shopping. And as he's coming into a J.C. Penney, as, as most men are, if they go shopping with their wives, they'll let their wives go shopping and they'll find a seat somewhere. And uh, <laughs> God bless you for being honest, Brother Moses. <laughs> But he's sitting there and he's sitting and as he's sitting his eyes just happen to look at this escalator and now coming down he sees these what he called Spanish women and, and they had this greenness under their eyes 
And all of a sudden, his heart smote him. I've seen this before. But it's materializing. And he sees it. And, 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 and he's just so overtaken. It's manifesting. And his wife comes back. He says, what's wrong, Bill? Are you sick? He says, I, I just got to go home. I just had something like that this last week. Somebody just took me out somewhere and, oh, look at this, look at this. And I, I just had to tell him, it's not in my heart. I don't want any. It's, it's fine. It's good. But what I really desire, what I really long for is Jesus. Give me Jesus. Don't, don't, I, I don't want those things. You know, the, the, what I said about Brother Barry and, and, and smoking and God takes it away. You know, I, I shared this quotation at the, at the funeral yesterday. But in, in the message, the absolute Brother Bram says, A man that once encounters God, it changes his vision, his outlook, his desires, everything. And, and you know, the enemy will come along. He'll try and distract us. You know, but, but it, it changes us. And I want to be under that. Because the Bible says those that are looking and hastening to his appearing, to, to his coming, to them will he appear. You know, if you just come, ah, if he shows up, he shows up. Well, whatever. You know. <laughs> I know when California sinks, he's, I'll, I'll get serious then. It may not be time. I'll tell you what, the call to get in the ark happened at different times for different people. You know, the, the, the gazelle had no problem. It had the call, I'll be there in a flash. But the snail had to receive the call far earlier. Because it, 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 it didn't have like hoofs. That is, it had to plod along. And I think God had to call me a long time ago because I'm a little bit of a snail. But I thank God that every step has been a blessing. Oh, there's been hard things. Oh, there's been battles. There's been ups and downs. But I'm moving towards something. And I say, the call is not necessarily when judgment is coming. But the call comes much earlier for some. And I'll tell you, you know, maybe this is my last call. I was talking to a young man. And he said, I know I've only got one soul, one life. And he says, and this keeps speaking to him, speaking to him. And, and he says, I, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. I, I, I feel like this is not only for the lost, but I think this is for all of us. Lord, we can't keep doing. We can't just keep in the same old thing. I think we need to allow the word of God. Listen, Brother Branham, the message recognizing your day and its message. He went from the preview of the bride, he spoke the feast of the trumpets, recognizing your day and its message, right into future home. But something opened to Brother Branham that changed him even more. He no longer saw the bride, he no longer saw the bride as having to go through a persecution. But he said the blood of Jesus is great. His grace is great upon her. He began to see the church goes through the tribulation, but God doesn't punish his bride. 
Friends, this is, and he's spoken 64, shalom, the symphony about catching this, the spirit moving. I, the devil has us so encumbered. We can hardly stop and listen to a full tape. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. I've got a boy in the house. His phone crashed on me, on him the other day. And uh, his dad called him. He, he couldn't answer because his phone was crashed. We went to the mall. He's on my account. And, and his phone is just smashed. And he, he can't go. And we, we brought it to the, to the lady. He said, there's something wrong with this phone. He says, what kind of product do you guys make here? Like, seriously. <laughs> now, now, fortunately, his, his rental term had run out. He was eligible for a new one and everything. And, and, and he was so disappointed that the phone didn't have allowance for an SD card. Because on that SD card, he has the whole message. And he says, I need that on my phone. I appreciate what I've seen in his life. He doesn't bring the phone up to his bedroom. He leaves it downstairs and charges there. I don't want no distractions. And he has tapes on. Hey, this is a young man. This is not a preacher. Maybe, maybe he will be. I don't know. But this is a man who's giving himself to the Word of God. Friends, let, let's get serious. The, hey, we're far too neurotic. I'm including myself in this. We can't stop and listen to the Word of God anymore. And if we do, it's just... And, and I, I like to do it when I'm doing something, going for a walk or... I was going to say ironing, but my wife does that. But uh, I, I do it when I'm doing things, you know, and, and I, I like... And she listens to that when she's ironing or she's doing her hair or something. God bless her. I, pre, I love it when I walk around the house and I hear the voice of a service or the prophet... I think we need to be honest. Listen, a, a, a quotation my brother just shared with me. He said, your mind is like an attic. There's only so much room. Be careful what you put in it. The law of displacement. You know, it, it was, who was it, Socrates? You know, he filled up the bathtub, filled it to full. He jumped in and a whole bunch of water spilled up. And he's a scientist. Ha! Huh? The law of displacement. You can't be full of the other things without something, and you get in and something spills out. I say this, make room for God to speak to you. I, 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 I wish I could preach, but I, I just don't have the voice, so I'm just giving you my heart. This is maybe not the roaring convention service, but this is as much a part of our walk I didn't, didn't read all of this, but I'll just jump into it while I'm here right now. But in Joshua chapter 1, he tells him in verse 8, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe <coughs> to do according to all that is written. Then you'll make your way prosperous then you'll have good success. And we sing, well, I'm, I'm going in the rapture. I'll see you in the rapture. 
but we're, we're, not, we're, we're just busy with world and, and natural affairs, I just want to ask you, do those two reconcile? This is not to condemn you. This is to say, we're moving a little closer, friends. And I will say this, you, you can accept it in a good way, or God will make it hard, and He'll bring you to the place where He says, I need to get in the Word. Be a thoroughbred. Just a little nudge, okay? I'm speaking to thoroughbreds this morning, right? I'm just giving you, I'm just pulling back a little. Yeah, let's race with it. You get into a car with a young man sometimes and just ask him the words, what can this car really do? What's under the hood? Oh, let me show you. <laughs> and, and it's funny how there's all this power in this one foot. <laughs> let me ask the same question. What's in your Christian life? What's your walk with God? Oh, let me show you the riches of God. This is what he made real to me. It wasn't God speaking to Brother Ed. It, was, it wasn't God speaking to Brother Ron or Brother Tim. It was God speaking to me. It was God making himself real to me. You want to have good success? I'll just say this. Find yourself. Displace some things if you have to. Leave your phone plugged in downstairs outside of your bedroom. hey, it's an example in our house. And I wasn't the one giving it. He was giving it. And I say this, let's, let's live that way. Sorry, this, is, this wasn't really in my structure of my notes, but it was just in my heart while I was here. And so, okay, let's, let's go back. Hebrews chapter 4. We've got to move quickly now. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4. Verses, verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. It's not drudgery once you enter in. It's a joy. It's fellowship divine. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I'll tell you, there's times that when you get into the word, the, pay, the, 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 the words jump off the page and they penetrate you. There's times you're in a service and God so moves and all of a sudden you recognize, this is right at me. Oh, God is still God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, let's just, just, I need to really, really, really move along. Okay, so, it's, it's like, it's like the big, sometimes the big picture, we, we lose it, right? As we were just talking about shopping, you go to the mall, I happened to be at the mall with this phone deal the other day, my wife came, we went for a little walk, and, and uh, I, I just was watching, and how easy it is to lose your focus, so, so what do you do? You've got to look at the big picture of everything. Where are we in this mall? You know, if, if this is the, the mall that, that exists in Tofield or somewhere, it's maybe not that much of a challenge to look where you are. And uh, sorry, if I'm Brother Ron, it's not, I don't even know if there is a mall in Tofield. <laughs> but you're in the mall, and they have these little, you know, they used to have these maps, but now it's a diagram. You've got to push and, 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 it, and it shows up and says, you are here. And it always amazes me. How do they know that I'm here? 
<laughs> but anyway, it says you are here, and you want to get to so-and-so. You type in the name, and it gives you arrows. Well, we, we, you know, I, I, just, I just look, oh, we got to go this way. I remember. I was here before. And it wasn't there no longer. So then we had to go back. We went to this thing three times to find out what our bearings and directions were to get to the store we wanted to. But we need to keep our focus of where we are in the program of God. So in the economy of God, God has different elements. Now, let me just go back, and I I know I'm not going to get finished today, but that's okay. Go back to Daniel, if you will, really quickly. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Are are you all here this morning? (coughs) I know this is not running up and down the aisle and all that kind of thing, but I, I, I trust God's ministering to you. Daniel chapter 9, verses 1. Now, I I want you to think, Daniel was one of the children that came out into the captivity. He was there for 68 years. And now he's coming to the end of that time frame. And Daniel's thinking, he's just looking at his watch or his calendar. Well, any day now. Now, now I want you to look at how Daniel's approach was. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the Lord would come to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in desolations of Jerusalem. Now, Daniel was a prophet. He says, well, God will speak to me. God will. No, but he went back into the scrolls. He went back to see how God dealt with Jeremiah. How God, and Jeremiah was one of the prophets back there. He went back and he looked and he says, so... As he understood, maybe it was intellectually at first, and he was thinking, but look at how it changed him now. So then when I heard that, I just put a date on my calendar and I waited. No, this is what he did. I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fastings and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and I made my confession. I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We've done wickedly. We've rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and thy judgments. So he's He's recognizing where he is in time, and he says, I can't just go along the same way. I need to change my approach. And, and, it, and I, I would say, if we see where we're at in time. Now, in, in the message, Why Christ Speak, Brother Branham brings an attitude, and he, and he talks here about how the time that they're in. And he says, the Bible tells us He says, all this background heaps up. Uh, When you get anything, bring it back to the Bible where it says this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Here it happens. You know, and he says, it happens at a time. It accumulates together. It draws a picture for us. I look at this tabernacle this morning. We people of this hour, Brother Neville, we see gray striking our hair. Our shoulders stooping. We see the world weaving and rocking. And how we can look around and see the promise is drawing nigh. I think many times if someone could just bounce into it once and wouldn't understand it. Or would understand it rather. Come into it at once. It would almost send you to eternity. 
Oh, just a rapturing thing. Brother Murray and Sister Kara, we were just at the meetings in, in Washington, and there was a few moments in those meetings and the presence of God and the worship, and it was such a surrender. And I don't know about you, but it felt like to me, as, as I was in that presence, I said, it felt like any moment the rapture could take place. It was that real. And it was needed. And I came back and I said, oh God, where are we really living at? Listen to Brother Branham talk about that vision of those ladies coming down the escalator and the message he preaches. And he says, souls that are in prison now. And then he cries out, oh God, my children, save them, Lord. Friends, it takes a realization for us to properly act out what our time is here. It's not by pushing somebody, but it's about God coming to your heart. It's not just about emotion. It's not just about knowledge. Brother Branham would say the real gospel is down the center of the road. He said it draws from both sides, emotional and intellectual, brings them together. There's times I've been too emotional. There's times I've been too intellectual. But oh God, keep me down the middle of the road where I'm not a fanatic, but, I, but it's you, it's your spirit working through me. He says, we see these things. Oh, it would almost send you to eternity, such a rapturing thing. We break into things that we have seen and know and understand all at one time. The man or the woman or the boy or the girl would probably just lift up their hands and say, let's go, Lord. I think I just had a clearer picture of that just a week or two ago. Yeah, it's, it was such a peace. It was such a serenity. Such a settledness. It, it wasn't a struggle. It was like, he could come right now and I'm here. I'm ready. Oh, he says, the hour is so close. Maybe this is a little bit more sobering and, and uh, it is on my heart. So Daniel, his attitude you know, and then we go down to verse 23 on that same chapter 9. And it's amazing. You know, Daniel could almost be called the Old Testament equivalent of the book of Revelation. Because God shows so much to Daniel. But in verse 23, so after Daniel's approach, now God comes to him and says, At the beginning of your supplications... The commandment came forth, and I'm come to show you, thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. And now he tells him the big picture. And, and this is the part I probably should have been at 45 minutes ago. And he says, this is the big picture. Seventy weeks are determined on thy people, upon thy holy city. For one, to finish the transgression. Two, to make an end of sin. So does it stop just at when you're forgiven? No. God has more. 
if I could, if I could say it this way, <clears throat> God wrote your name before the foundation of the world. He placed your name in a book. He gave you an inheritance. When did the inheritance come? When Jesus died on the cross? No, that was the means to get you back. The inheritance was always there. <coughs> because you are sons. Not because you were made sons. You always were sons and daughters. But because you're sons, Jesus came to die and, and to bring you back to that. Not just save you from sin, but bring you into the place. Not just a cycle of forgive me and I'll go back. Forgive me and I'll go back. No, this is ascending. I, I, I don't have time today for all the, the quotes, but Brother Bram would say, there's a power coming into this church that the world has not yet seen. I can give you five of those. What's our attitude as we approach it? I say, oh Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I could give you the fearful side of it where people will come in nonchalantly. Ha! It's just a church. It's just so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, doesn't really matter. And there was a couple in the Old Testament called Ananias and Sapphira that took that attitude, and they didn't realize it was the Holy Ghost in the middle of that people. And in this last message, Brother Branham says, and there's coming the days of Ananias and Sapphira, and a few of them. I'll tell you what, would you want to be in a service where somebody drops dead? I'll tell you what, that'll make it real. And then he adds, adds these words, God is going to dwell among his people. Oh, I want to start now, okay? So he says, one, he says, to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity. I'm, I'm going to go into these in some services maybe. To bring in everlasting righteousness. To seal up the vision and the prophecy. And to anoint the most holy. These are steps that, I mean he's talking about Israel here. But I believe there's a part of this that portrays to, to a people. You actually go in the Bible and you look at <clears throat> He refers to Israel as my servants, my people, but he also refers to my sons. That always the sons, and, and it refers to, to the bride, to my sons and daughters. And, and he says, and a people that were not a people. The Gentiles were not a people, but now we are a people. Okay, I, 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 won't, I don't have to major. So this is the big picture, okay? So <clears throat> in, in this, and then and Brother Brandon will talk about the setting, where we're setting at this morning, and, and he, he would just say, he talks just for a moment about in 1964, right at the time he's preaching these messages, something is happening over in Rome, and there's a blackout, and it's in the heavens. And Brother Branham, as a prophet, he sees six phases of the moon, and then it blacks out. And he says, what is it? The Pope, the arch-rival, of the church, and he says, has come back to, Jer to Jerusalem. 1964. Now, he, he's, he's bringing all of this into this message, and he's saying, 
Oh, he says, the Laodicean age was blacked out. If you notice the spiritual application, as I said on here, there was a little bitty space, a little tiny bit of light that was just before the elected two were to be called from the earth. But when God put it in the heavens, it was totally blacked out. Maybe the last one is called from the Laodicean age. We don't know it. (coughs) It's quiet today. And I've probably created that, or maybe that's the way the Lord wanted it. Can you tuck some of these things into your heart as you go home? Okay. If, If God is speaking to you, just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I receive that, Lord. He talks, Brother Ruddle talks to him in this message about, he said, there's a dullness in the church. And he says, I don't know what it is. He says, what's happening, Brother Branham? What's with the denominations? Are they living off the spirit of Satan? He says, no, the sucker lives off the strength of the vine. The church is only a grafted sucker living under the name of religion. They weren't in the original predestinated plan. But Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And then he says, if that tree ever puts forth another branch, it will bear its original fruit. There's much being made <clears throat> about in, in the message about we, we need to recognize Brother Branham came at a time when the Pentecostal movement was there and there was what was called revivals. And in the midst of that, he says, there won't be any more revivals. And so what the world or the church called a revival was many times just a lot of noise. And, and so there's much made about, well, we don't have that anymore. Well, I'm going to say it this way. We don't have it in the way they had it. And when we return to the original, we're returning to the place where God's Word deals with your heart. And as it deals with your hearts, there's a liberty. So so the last thing we want to do is and say, okay, everybody's got to jump up and down. No, not everybody jumps up or down. I'm going to be honest. Hey, when I, when I came in and I heard the experiences of some of the elders and people, and I thought, I began chasing that. And that was never the way God made himself real to me. God made himself real to who I am. And I says, the reality of God is greater than emotion. The reality of God is greater than intellect. The reality of God, if it really is God, it will be greater than anything else you experience in this world. It'll be greater than the hockey game. It'll be greater than the hot rod. It'll be greater than shopping. It'll be greater than chocolate, if you like chocolate. And I would just say, so whatever you look for, don't look for a manifestation. We're not forcing you into a man. That actually takes away the liberty of God. But on the other hand, let's have liberty. God, we are your children. We're not bound up. We're not boxed up. We are walking in the literal realities of God. I will say, just because there's noise in a church, people wait to enter in till there's noise, till somebody's screaming. 
Okay, the Spirit of God must be here. They're screaming. No, the Spirit of God was there. You needed to jump in when He moved on your heart. And maybe all you did was just started to weep and cry. But that was God coming to you. And so sometimes we get people scared because it's going to make me act like that. No, it won't make you act like that. Nor do we force everybody to act a certain way. And nor do we quench anybody from acting that way. There's an order. And sometimes, you know, we try to pull people over to the way we act. Well, you don't got it because you haven't done this. And God worked through me this way. Be careful. The real gospel is right down the middle. And I say this, the reality, stepping into the reality. Oh my, I just, I'm like on page one and a half here, and I got three. I'm not even close. I'm not going to try. Don't worry. Stepping into the realities of God. <coughs> Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. This may seem like it's in fragments and pieces. Maybe it's that way because I don't know where Brother Andrew's going tonight, but Maybe I'm, I'm leaving room for him somewhere. Lots of room. Book of John, 1 John. This is John the Revelator. We often refer to John the Revelator up here on the Isle of Patmos, visions and symbols. But when he was down here to the church, this is the John who the revelation was easily entreated because he was at the side of Jesus, and he would ask Jesus, who is it that betrays you? And he would whisper it to him. He heard things the others didn't hear. So, so John is actually a type of the bride. The, the, the revelation we're under is not by building up to knowledge, but it's by a relationship of love. So John comes down, and you know he, he just says, my little children. Love one another. Oh, he's got such a, you know what? He's got such a shallow ministry. And then he would turn around. Have you read my series on Re the book of Revelations? <laughs> and then there's people who want to be over in the book of Revelations. Oh, I'm not going down to that. Hey, these two have to come together. They're, they're not two separate things. My little children. <coughs> Verse 5. This then is the message which you have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. <clears throat> so John is referring to a people that had been saved, come under the blood of Jesus, been in an upper room, been filled with the Holy Ghost, but needed some teaching needed some instruction. And they said, now, and he's also telling them about walking in the revelation. So he says in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us 
from all sin. Now, you say, well, I thought I got my forgiveness when I was at the altar. Yeah, you did. But you're going to fall. Like The part of you that's not redeemed is your flesh and even your spirit where the battleground is. So you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to have to recognize that in your flesh is the motions of sin, is a tendency towards these things, but in your soul, you're redeemed. So it's, it's not looking at the flesh. Don't look at that. It'll always fall. But then again, don't ignore it. You've got to make yourself become subject to it. Now, this, this really gets into the crux of it, and I'll save it for the next service because I realize I'm not going to get there. But it's not just sitting back, I've, I'm saved, and, and now, but now you've got to actually step into it. Okay, because I am saved, I'm going to start walking with him. I'm going to find out what my place is. I'm going to find out what I need to do, how I contribute to the well-being of the body. I'm going to take my place amongst the body of Jesus Christ. I'm also going to walk as he moves. Now in the Old Testament... They, in the Old Testament, they, had, they were given manna as a type. And this is God showing it forth. And he says, the manna that you're going to be given, it's going to be there every morning. Take as much as you need for the day. Don't save it. Just take what God gives you today and eat it. And some people said, oh, I'm going to save a little extra for tomorrow. And they pulled out their little script back. Ah, it's all moldy and rotten. What's going on? You didn't follow the word. God's going to be your source. He's going to be your memory, as we talked the other day. Hey, when you lose it, God will bring it back to you. Whatever you have need of. <coughs> so that was the type. So if you walk in the light as he is in the light, he'll provide for you. There's a cleansing that comes with that. Man, I have like half an hour on this and I'm not going to get to it. But I'm going to read this one quote again because it was such a blessing to me on Wednesday when we read it. And uh, Brother Branham would talk about it. And he would say, now, (coughs) we know him as God. If If that unseen person by a gift can allow me to get out of the way, can tell me, tell you through my lips. Now, now listen to these words. This is the part. Now, when I'm praying, God does not see me. What is it? He just hears my voice through the blood of Jesus. Now, if you want some help in your prayer life, next time you kneel down and pray... And you're thinking, I've got all this condemnation. i got all these things. But I'm walking, and I've made some mistakes. Maybe the enemy trapped me into it. But I'm walking the best that I know how. And I've confessed my sin. Now, as you confess your sin, what is he seeing? He's not seeing you any longer. He's seeing the blood of Jesus. But he hears your voice coming back through that blood. And now you've come back through that blood, and he hears your call. Oh, Lord, make me more righteous. Lord, take this sin away from me. Deliver me, oh, Lord. I don't want to be this. Hear my prayer for my loved ones. What's he hearing? He's looking. All he's seeing is the blood, but he's hearing your voice. Oh, friends, when you realize the power you have in prayer, that power does not come because, okay, Lord, I did pretty good. I, I, I only got mad once this week. Listen, 
if there's any, you know, God doesn't look at righteousness the same way as I do. The only righteousness we have is through the blood of the Lamb. You know, it's, I know you're all good people, but God never, not, not one of us, he never come along and he never said, hey, that guy's doing pretty good. You know what? He's not really in the book, but I'm going to include him because he's doing pretty good. That doesn't happen, friends. God came, only righteousness we have through him. Oh, I'm so grateful for that. So he says, he sees, he hears my voice, but he sees only under the blood. I can't be dirty when I'm under the blood. Oh, the blood cleanses. Oh, it's that bumper that we talked about. So what is it? And I'll just share these three things and I'll wind my thought down. So, but, he, but he says, number one, if we walk in the light. Number two, we have fellowship. Number three, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us. So when you walk... When you walk in the Word, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just take this channel now for, as we close. So when you walk in the Word, there's a cleansing that's going on. You don't see it. And Jesus said in John, I think John 3 or John 15, He says, my words, they're spirit and life. You are clean through the Word that I speak to you. Amen. Now, if, if you believe what, what, what the prophet said, the spirits travel on the titles of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. But what spirit travels on the revealed light, the revealed word of this day? And when you receive it, and when you act on it. Oh my goodness. The sister that was there in, in the Bible, uh, or in, in Brother Ram's meeting, Sister Weber, I believe, was her name. She was a believer. And she's in a hospital bed and she's dying. And, she, and the doctor said, There's not much hope for you. And she said, Oh, if I could only get Brother Branham to come and pray. And somebody heard it and says, Oh, come on. You're, look at the report. And, 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 she, and she stands up for it. I, I was actually going to speak on a title this morning God's Perfect Hearing. Because I spoke on God's perfect remembrance. But God's perfect hearing. And when, he, and when she stood up for it, and then Brother Bram says, the angel of the Lord heard it. <laughs> and he came to her. Oh, that same angel of the Lord heard it. When Sister Hattie said, that's nothing but the truth. That same angel of the Lord, when there's a man in the Bible named Cornelius, and he's praying like he did any other day, and he's praying, and he's kneeling, and all of a sudden, the Lord comes and speaks to him and says, Cornelius, your prayers are heard for an alm and a remembrance before God. What was it? God at a season. He heard it, and he says, now I want you to go and do such and such. You don't know the hour when God will move. And he could be moving right now. I think, Brother John, you sang the song earlier, Waymaker. Oh, he's still moving. He's moving right now. I believe he's doing great things right now. Let's have the musicians come. Well, that turned out a lot different than I thought, but... <laughs> Thank you. You're very gracious. Brother Andrew, you got lots of room tonight. <clears throat> Let's stand together. You deserve the glory. 
That's what we're going to sing. Serve the glory <coughs> and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the There is no 